my plan was to like do like a little prep this time to like get like ready <laughs> for the podcast for like yeah to like know like what to talk about <laughs> didn't do that welcome to our podcast no rational basis my name is emma and i'm matt this is a podcast for average law students by average law students if you are our future employer this is satire we are very studious and we are going to be great lawyers so before we get started we want to thank you all for the great feedback from last week's episode we were blown away by the extremely positive response from our fans and we hope to deliver the same quality again to you this week our first segment as always is bar review which is a debrief on last weekend uh last weekend started off with a bang did it not it really did we had the section a oscars all the awards for the greatest section in the law school all different types of categories that we uh, were awarded prizes for for being the best or the most or whatever all those kind of superlatives it was hosted by tom and nikolai yes great hosts matt what award did you win i won most likely to go to verge now nobody saw this award coming um i have been to verge a few times throughout the year there's no telling how many times i've been to verge throughout the year and uh i will keep going until i get my verge elite status which um should be any week now but I, I was proud of the award um did you go to verge after the oscars i did go to verge after the oscars it was fitting um i was there most of us were there you weren't there no Emma. i wasn't there where'd you go <laughs> i went to bed and what I time had, was that it was around midnight i want to say i guess that's that's okay yeah no matt it was you know i had to make it to rules on friday morning and Matt is always expected to attend rules, but he never he never shows up to class. Well, I, I still might go. We have one more class, right, Emma? One more class. All right, yeah. Friday. Maybe Last I'll rules. be there. Um, what did you win, Emma? The award I won is most likely to be an influencer. Clearly. And most likely to be on Ox, which I think are both very fitting awards, except I think that I've kind of fooled everyone because I have bad taste in music and I won most likely to be on Ox because I did the walk-up songs for all our softball games. For for all of them? No, not for all of them. For maybe 70% of the softball games this year. Probably more than that. I attended almost all of them. And people got to pick what songs they wanted to hear when they went up to the plate. And I played those. And then when they were not doing walk-up songs, I would play Big Booty Mix, which is Isabel's preference. Um, yeah, I voted for Isabel for like to be on Ox. I also voted for Isabel for I voted like, for you for influencer though. Thank you. That was an obvious one. Let's just give a shout out to Section B, who won the best non-section A section of the law school. Yeah, that was a close vote. Section B definitely won. It was a close vote, but it, it was an easy choice. Section B, congratulations on winning best non-A section. Congrats on being second. We have most. your trophy for you guys if you want it. On Friday, not a super busy day. We recovered from the Oscars. Mm-hmm. And we met Isabel's brother. It was a good time. He was His a cool guy. His name was also Matt. Great name. Saturday. You go with Saturday, Emma. You had a more fun day than I did. I had an event, an org event, and it was a faculty dinner with professors. And at this event, my good friend and our podcast manager, JJ went up to my con law professor and I hadn't talked to him yet at the event and she went up to him and she said, oh, my friend Emma, she's in your class. She's the one with the blonde curly hair. And my professor just looked at her in the face and said, she doesn't participate. And JJ said, 
oh, well, she's just really in deep with the Constitution and, you know, really trying to get to learn it. And Matt had the softball tournament. Yeah, so for those who don't know, I suffered an injury on Thursday at our softball game. Um, it was pretty gruesome, but like any any good player would do, I, I, I took a bunch of Advil on Saturday morning and I went to the field and, you know, without me, we might have lost by 17 and not 15 like we did. We lost by 15. 15, yeah. In which game? The second game. That's brutal. The first game was a little closer. We played the med students, and Matt and I were going to have a whole podcast discussing um, whether we think that med students exist and whether we'd ever seen one in our lives, and then we ended up playing them in softball. So yeah, we can't confirm exist. when that segment got next. Yep. So Fine. thanks, med students. Thank you, med students. So moving on to our, our big question this week, um, outlining. Is it hot or is it not? Now, for... People who don't know what outlining is for our non-law student um, or lawyer population listening to this. Outlining is the process by which neurotic law students take a lot of their notes and condense it down to less notes. This is all done with the goal of saving about 11 seconds per question on your exam because law students pretend that control F is not an option during exams. Um, so everyone's doing it now, it seems. Um, are you outlining now, Emma? No. No, I have not yet outlined. You have to have notes to outline, and I don't have the notes to begin with. Um, no, you have notes. I have notes, and I'm very good. Outlining is essentially like brainboarded to help you condense and kind of like Matt said, be able to look at the material that you learned throughout the semester and analyze it on your exam. And so a lot of professors will say, you shouldn't need to use your outline on the exam. You should know all this information. And it's one of the better jokes of law school. <laughs> Emma, did you use your outline on the exams last time? Yes, I did use my outline on the exam. What would have happened if you didn't? I would not have passed. <laughs> I would not have passed either. And so we pulled our section. Every week we do a poll on Tuesdays. And this week's poll, outlining, hot or not. And this was surprisingly a really close poll. So we had 11 votes for outlining is hot and 13 votes for outlining is not hot. And I think there's a lot to that because I look at it in a few different ways. People who create really strong outlinings, that's hot. Matthew? What, what is hot about that? That's a really broad construction of the word hot, Emma. You can say it's, it's helpful. You can say it's informative. Um, you can say it's useful hot what is hot about making notes what's hot is that it's all of those things that you just described and that is an attractive quality in all individuals that they're able to organize and conceptualize their thoughts effectively it's not hot when i make these incomprehensible documents that i can't read and wouldn't be beneficial to anyone else in the future so it's like a standard for what makes an outline or what makes outlining hot, you would say. Yeah, I wouldn't Not say I wouldn't, hot. but I wouldn't say the act of doing it is hot. So people who are hot because they make good outlines, the act of creating an outline is not hot because it's labor intensive. Right. And work is definitely not hot, decidedly not hot. Decidedly not hot. So should we say in or out? Like is it in or out? It's a little better. It's closer to the right context. Like, I think. Are we doing it? Or are we not doing it? So maybe maybe that. So we posed the wrong question for this whole. I episode. think are we doing it or should not draw, is a boring question. 
Start over with the whole segment. <laughs> no, I think this is an important discussion to have. I think we got to make sure that our, our audience well, considers this. We're obviously doing it because it's important for our exams to synthesize information. So right. that's not the question. That's right. why the question is hot or not. Right. I think we can, I think if they dis disagree on this, I'm not because I don't find outlining or the act of producing an outline to be to be hot. And I do. All right. Our audience should let us know if they if they believe people who can who can make great outlines are are, are hot or not. Section A has spoken. Now we'd like to hear from the rest of you. And uh, so with that, we'll move on to our next uh, our next segment, which is cold call. Um, so for those of you who didn't tune in last week or forgot what the cold call segment's all about, um, we take a member of the law school and we ask them some questions that they haven't gotten the chance to look over in advance. And so our cold call this week is our dear friend, Texas Tom. Texas Tom. And so let us welcome Texas Tom. Hey, Tom. How are you doing today? I'm doing wonderful. Very honored to be here. Yeah, thanks for joining us. It's We're very to excited have you. to have you. So again, cold call, we'll ask you a few questions and get your thoughts on these. Shoot. So the first question, a little backstory. We were out one night and you told me that going to Verge did not make a lick of sense. So we want to hear from you. What are a few other things that you think don't make a lick of sense, just in general? Oh, man. You're going to get me in trouble. Um, substance of due process. <laughs> <laughs> um, Doesn't make a lick of sense to me. Me neither. <laughs> Things that don't make a lick of sense. Um, gosh, what a broad and... It can be anything. That's how we do it, dear Tom. Yeah, I mean, common law is on my substantive due process is my best answer. And substantive due process does not make a lick of sense. Anything else generally in the world? That doesn't make a lick of sense. Um, in Virginia, on public lands only, you are not allowed to hunt on Sunday. Interesting. And that doesn't make a lick of sense. That's like the day that most people have open to go on. Day, so yeah. in Texas, can you hunt on any day of the week? Of course. Free state. Yeah, free country. <laughs> okay. You can definitely, if anything else pops into your mind, um, you can let us know. And so the next question is, have you killed any turkeys yet this season? No. Okay, follow no. up. <laughs> this morning included. <laughs> you went hunting this morning? I did. How has Nikolai done when he hunts with you? He's done very well. Yeah. Um, you know, his, his calling is coming along. Um, still got a little ways to go. Has he uh, killed anything? No. <laughs> it's been an unsuccessful season. It's, it's still early, right? Uh, I think today was probably the last day I'm going to give it a shot. So I actually... Uh, is Virginia a big turkey season? Virginia's a medium turkey state. Not on Sundays, though. There's turkeys and wild turkeys in 49 states. The only state that doesn't have them is Alaska. Makes um, sense. The uh, turkeys here are kind of tough, though, because it's all in the woods. And, you know, in, in the plain states, turkeys really like to be out in the open so they can show off. And it makes finding them kind of easy because they're out in the open. It's a little more difficult when there's trees everywhere. Yeah. Fair. And so our final question in that area is, 
Have you ever killed a bird or any other animal without a gun? Oh man. Let me rephrase this is a that. question. Have you ever killed a bird or any other animal without a gun? This is a loaded question because I think this is aiming towards a specific situation. Um, yes, I unfortunately had to drown a pelican one time. Um, <laughs> Say more. Please don't put my last name on this podcast so that first name's on Google. So when you're fishing with a topwater lure, which is a type of lure that floats on the surface of the water, really fun to fish with. Fish will jump out of the water, eat it. Uh, it has the unfortunate side effect of also being attractive to birds who can also see it because it's floating so on it's top of the water. It's a lure, so it's a plastic. We've got to hang out in Galveston. Yeah, you got to come so, on out. Yeah, you got to come to the island side. Um, but so it's a piece of plastic that floats on the surface of the water. You work it back and forth. They call it walking the dog. And uh, it looks like an injured mullet, which is a type of bait fish that lives in our bay systems. And, it, you know, that's a prime target for fish, but it's also a prime target for birds. In this situation, I had a pelican. I'm generally pretty good about getting it out of their way. I had a pelican dive bomb the lure and get himself completely hooked in three or four spots and tangled in the line. And, you know, I got him to me and I did the absolute best that I could to get him unhooked and untangled. Um, but, you know, little known fact about pelicans, they're meaner than hell. And it was snapping at me and I got this hook thing on the end of their beak and it was swinging it at me, trying to claw at me. Uh, and then he also has got a bunch of hooks hanging off of him. Uh, so unfortunately I was forced to uh, hold him under the water till he stopped squirming uh, to, you know, get him untangled. There was no sense in just cutting the line and leaving him tangled to die a slow, painful yeah. death. It was a mercy killing. You had to do it. Not allowed under one of the common law cases that we talked about. He's talking about Washington versus Baltimore. <laughs> <laughs> no, to be clear, pelicans are not part of that case. So another question for you, Tom. We talked about zoning in property. Uh, you're from Houston or, or thereabouts. Kind of. Kind of. Um, Houston is one of the last free cities in the, in the country, does not have zoning. Would it be better off if there was zoning? No. Elaborate. Uh, you know, I look around at all these cities with zoning. Um, as far as I can tell, they're all inferior to Houston. So it doesn't seem to, you know, empirically, the case for zoning is rough. Um, you know, what is more, zoning is, 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 is economically efficient and it's damn convenient. You know, the, uh, the example about, you know, you got a church next to a Dunkin' Donuts next to a strip club. You know, it's the, that's the trinity. That's, you know, paradise, one, right? One-stop shopping. You know, when you drive out of Galveston, right, right off the bridge, there's like the Ocean Cabaret. Ocean's Cabaret. <laughs> 
Sounds like a great sound. Not a classy joke. <laughs> <laughs> have you been? I have not. I've avoided it. I uh, have many friends who have frequented it. So mm. it's a little bit rough. And people get shot in there every once in a while. Only every once in a while, though. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it comes with the territory. Okay, final question. Tom, thank you, first of all, again, for coming. What's your favorite memory of each of us? It can be joint or individual. The easy one is Matt. Uh, my favorite memory of Matt, uh, we were driving by a McDonald's, and there was an ambulance outside with lights on. They were, you know, clearly hauling somebody out. And uh, someone in the car asked, well, what do you think happened? And Matt, you know, stated just matter of fact, oh, somebody ordered the filet of fish. <laughs> no, you did not. It was a reasonable assumption. That's so funny. Well, I appreciate that, Tom. That's so I'm glad the audience can hear about that. Yeah. How about Emma? Yeah, you used to think so hard. There's so many. So many. No, I'm thinking hard because there's a number of occasions where you have brought day-making treats for the section, and I think that that takes the unintended takes the cake uh, but i'm trying to recall the the favorite one uh, i think the cupcakes mm. did, I, did i have a lemon cupcake you had like a lemon bar like a cookie those are really good those are really good there's red velvet cupcakes chocolate chip cupcakes i had the chocolate chip cupcake mm -hmm. with uh wait but it had something at the bottom yeah it had like a cookie crust yeah, that was after. Thanks, Tom. We really appreciate you coming on our podcast. We hope you listen to this episode and all future and past episodes. I certainly will. Thanks a lot, Tom. Okay, again, thank you to Tom for coming and chatting with us this afternoon. Now we're going to move into my favorite segment, Guns Blazing. This was also my grandmother's favorite segment and a lot of our listeners. And so this is a segment where we talk about things that gunners do. And today's event instance is something that I think I've talked about a lot and has been one of the most memorable parts of the semester. And I, it's, I continue to bring it up in my elective classes. And I think it really kind of defines the way that we look at social norms and that gunners can sometimes miss how we interact with the social norms at school. Um, and so Matthew, can you please tell us about this very special day? Sure. So in a certain class we have together. Could be any class. With an unnamed professor. Um, this professor, about half an hour into the class, got up and told us that they had had something bad for dinner the night before and had to go use the bathroom. Um, now, we are not making fun of this because, you know, we've all been there. It happens to, it happens to the best of us. Um, and it's, you know, sometimes nature calls. And this professor essentially kind of sprinted up class, was gone. Very quickly. I didn't five minutes. think that they would move that fast out of their no, room. I don't think that they, I didn't think that they could move that fast either. They left, they were gone five minutes. They came back, we picked right back up with where we were in the course. And because, you know, these things, they, they affect us for a while. The, the class that day ended a couple minutes early. Yeah, pretty significantly early, maybe 20 years, 20 minutes 25 early, minutes early. Yeah. 
And so we would assume that if you're struggling from some stomach issues 20 minutes ago, you're still struggling from that 20 minutes later. But certain gunners in the class decided that when the class ended 20 minutes early, it would be a good idea to go ask the professor questions and have a discussion with them. And I found this to be incredibly appalling. I thought so as well. And it was a good look into the mindset, or I guess the extreme tunnel vision that, that, a, that a gunner might have. Um, hi, Kyle. Um, so now you've seen the professor run out of the room and told us why they were doing so. And they didn't need to, and right. they probably shouldn't have, but they I could think have been the taking moment probably could just really was getting the best of them. Right. So you, you have the context clue of this person really isn't, you know, doing well. And, and then the person ends class early and you might think we know why they're ending class early. Not these individual gunners. Not these individual gunners. They go up. And, you know, we talked about Emma being in deep with the Constitution. Imagine how in deep you must be to have completely missed this clue that this person wanted to be anywhere but that classroom and to go up and ask questions about substantive due process. I think what was most shocking to me was watching the professor try and interact with these individuals during the time. And I saw this professor sit down in the chair. This professor does not sit down. They're very active in class. They sat down and you could tell that they <laughs> physically had to hold themselves together to answer these questions. And everyone else was fleeing the classroom. It could not have been these gunners. We, we wanted to give space. Um, and these gunners just had to get their questions in. And I thought it was completely wrong, completely uncalled for. And it, it goes against the norms, I think, of how we interact. Like, why is your question more important than the physical well-being of your professor? And did you miss the five-minute break in class where your professor so clearly implied that their physical well-being was not where it typically is? It was just shocking behavior. And what question that you could ask is so important that it had to be asked at that point in time and it couldn't have been held off for office hours. I couldn't think of a question like that, could you? No. No. No, Matt, I could not. So now moving on to everyone's favorite segment on the docket where Emma and I discuss a case from one of our doctrinal classes. You no, know, you know what I was saying to Matt. I said, I don't think we're qualified to discuss case law. No, it turns out that we like just don't know the law. It turns out that there aren't really that many funny cases. Do Papa Chris do? We'll add it to our docket. We gotta, I think, do some more prep in the, in the cases, Emma. The cases I'm telling you, Matt, we're not cut out to talk about. No, we're not. The law. We might need to cut out or the cases. Just to like make comedy about the law. Right, because you've got to like know it to make comedy. Right. Moving on, we are gonna now move into our new segment titled Judgment Reverse. And this is going to be a less frequent segment we're thinking about once a month. <laughs> and this segment gives one of our devoted and loyal listeners the opportunity to say some words back to us and make fun of us a little bit. 
And so today we asked Caitlin, who is, well, we considered her to be a friend. <laughs> we'll see if that's honored, still true. Honored to have been asked this segment. Um, I, I can totally, I can see why you're going to do this once a month. Um, this might be a little tough on the egos, but I've been forewarned that it will be edited um, to paint Emma and Matt in a flattering light. Um, so I'm sure the worst of it will be cut out for you listeners. I thing is, I'm not too confident in their ability to effectively edit, given that I listened to last episode. And I would, I would have imagined that they wanted to sound good during it. Um, and still, Mr. Mr. 150, which is what I'll be referring to Kyle as for the rest of my roast, still managed to be the best part of the whole show. In a, that's a subtle reference to the fact that he completely flipped shit once asked about his LSAT score. Um, so I'm not too worried. So I'd like to start on a positive note. Um, I think they've done two things right with this show. First, selecting me for the roast section was really intuitive on their part. Then why do we have to beg you to do it? Um, I'm a little worried about the effect of, of this on my PR. <laughs> I, I'm worried that once I show up on the show, I may be complicit in it. Um, so that, that I couldn't tell you. <laughs> Never learned that in Krim. But I have a lot of trust in my reputation at the end. So, but I, I had been going around sort of asking people, like, when you say you like Emma and Matt's podcast, like, <laughs> is that, are you joking on some level? Am I missing something? And, and it seemed like it all came, came back around to me somehow. Um, and that's why I'm here today. And then the second thing I feel that they've done right with this podcast is the name. Um, there's no rational basis for this podcast to exist. <laughs> And I still, we all know that the court's level of scrutiny for rational basis is basically on the floor. And I still see no reason why anyone should spend 20 to 30 minutes listening to this podcast. Um, That's good because we've been recording this episode for at least an hour now. <laughs> Probably an hour to go. Um, yeah, so I would say I disagree with the very existence of this podcast. The word masturbatory and the word dry come to mind. Um, the word masturbatory, it means like self-indulgent it, it's a it's a SAT word this is, a, this is a family podcast it's not Caitlin. actually inappropriate and those two it's words like, aren't it's, usually it's a good vocabulary word um so when I was invited on for this segment I I felt immediately resistant but it's sort of like being an abolitionist working from within a prison <laughs> I would say I disagree with the institution um they, they say all press is good press but this is not good press for me when listening to the segment on Matt and Emma's podcasts about advisory opinions um, or concurrent, concurrent yeah, I, I got the feeling that the entire podcast was kind of like an advisory concurrence, um, unnecessary, repetitive, drawn out, no takeaways. I even heard rumors that some people listen to it stoned <laughs> on double speed and still had trouble surviving the whole episode and wanted to outline instead. <laughs> Can't name names. <laughs> um, I, I don't. Am I am I out of time? I've got a few more. You got plenty of time. Okay. Keep going. My ego's still holding up pretty okay. So I, I'd like to address each of our hosts in turn. Um, Emma, I already see sort of unwillingly each day the most intimate details of your life, including your avocado toast and whether you bought tweezers that day. Did you feel like you needed more of a public platform <laughs> to tell people about what you've been up to? I'm not sure I'll be listening to this episode. 
<laughs> Maybe not even this segment. Um, Matt, a chronic copy-paste texter, <laughs> when a mildly interesting thought crosses his mind. Of which there are many. Such as, today I woke up feeling full of myself. <laughs> he copies and pastes it to his, and sends it to his five best friends. And then it gets reposted on an Instagram page that exists for the sole purposes of lauding Matt for bare minimum behavior. After all that, you still thought that the world needed more time hearing about how someone from Staten Island's favorite drink, shockingly, includes the word trash. <laughs> I want to say a couple of things in response. First, I have more than five best friends. And second, they need to know what's going on in my life. And the more <laughs> platforms there are, the better. Yeah, actually, I know you have sort of a more is more attitude because I have some more notes. I, I have a little <laughs> section in my outline called Matt's main character syndrome. <laughs> So within the first 10 minutes of his last episode, he promotes another platform, his new law school band that he's apparently now a part of. So now I have to hear you adverge in class on this podcast, on the Instagram page, your copy paste texts and in a band. Like what's next? Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> and then second, in the last episode, he notes that sometimes when he chuckles in class, he then nods to the professor to indicate that he was paying attention. The chuckle wasn't like um, like a moment where he wasn't listening. A classic trick. So you think that the brilliant legal mind up there, 70 people listening to them, is so focused on you that when you chuckle, they're like, oh God, I hope he nods. The thought process is that it's so stupid. I hope they can't even comprehend it. All right. Um, Continuing on, <laughs> on Matt's main character syndrome, one of the worst moments in episode one of this podcast is the shameless pride in Matt's voice when he says, and I recommend the listener that you go back to this moment, he goes, we went out on a Thursday during, during final. final season. I would like to share with the listener that I too am irresponsible, but I do it for its own sake. Matt's tone there made me wonder if he just does it for the aesthetic. Also, being proud of being social in law school is like being the cool person in your Magic the Gathering club. <laughs> like, the bar is on the fucking floor. <laughs> I am the cool person in my Magic the Gathering club. Over here, we've got the coolest girl in law school. <laughs> Which, again, isn't much. Just for anyone, if anyone listening doesn't go to law school, just for context. It's not hard. Um, um, I have a few other things to say. I felt that the other, the for a podcast, the previous episode focused a little too much on nodding, um, which is a very visual experience. It was a, a true low of the listener experience when you introed with some gunners make us shake our heads. One gunner, gunner nodded his head. Sometimes Emma nods her head. Matt never nods his head. <laughs> Moving your head up and down sides to side is simply not interesting, and it had the cadence of children's story <laughs> to me. <laughs> um, yeah, and maybe I would just finish with... Oh, you weren't done yet? <laughs> no, I mean, I have a few <laughs> more things to say. Um, but so... Concurrences is a waste of time, as well as the assertion that you shouldn't listen to dissents because you shouldn't listen to losers. <laughs> Halfway through this incredibly meandering podcast should have caused all listeners to reflect on their own time management priorities. Because if Supreme Court is, is making me reflect on my time, <laughs> the Supreme Court justices are such losers that we shouldn't listen to them. What are we doing here? 
Thank you for having me on No, the thank show. you, Caitlin. Thanks, Caitlin. <laughs> Delightful word. Really made us consider how our egos are holding up. I think they're okay, though. I think that's fine. We can take it. We're good. We'll cut out what she said. Yeah, it's not saying the podcast. <laughs> and for our final segment, Sir Granted, we actually do have some questions from our listeners this week. Thank you so much to Nikolai for sending in questions. And the first question we have is, why did we start this podcast? Matt? So we wanted to show people that you come into law school and they tell you it's going to be miserable and you're not going to have any fun. And we wanted to show people that there is a bright side to law school, a fun side to law school. And so we tell you guys about our weekends and about what happens in class. We have a good time here, I think. And we wanted to make sure everyone knew that. And what do you I think, think Yeah, I think that any law school you go to, it's just a matter of how you use your time. And you need to, obviously, law school is hard and challenging, but being able to build social relationships with your classmates and get to know them as individuals outside of just the classroom setting, I think, makes all the difference. And we wanted to talk about some of the things that we make jokes about in law school. This is some of the things we say are not always serious, but they're funny and we they make us laugh and we like the sound of our own voices. Clearly. So. Some of our listeners think that too, it sounds like. It sounds like. And so we have a bunch more questions coming in the future, but we wanted to start with one. And so thank you so much for listening to the second episode of No Rational Basis. We can't wait to talk to you next week. Thanks, everyone.